know, Mitch. We love your Cougars. Mitch Harper. Big 12 open for business. Welcome on in Cougar Tracks podcast, and it's powered by KSL Sports. I'm your BYU insider, Mitch Harper. So much to unpack as the Big 12 Conference released its scheduling matrix in football for the next four years. Going to unpack all of it, share my thoughts as to what the future holds for BYU in the 16-team iteration in the Big 12. You can follow me on X, at Mitch underscore Harper. Follow me on Instagram there as well. And then also follow KSL Sports, Instagram, X, TikTok, Facebook, you know the drill. And also download the KSL Sports app. So the new 16-team scheduling matrix for the Big 12 Conference came out on Wednesday. And there's so many thoughts I have in my mind about this this move and, and just how they laid out the schedule and what it means for BYU. You can see the full breakdown of the schedule matrix on kslsports.com. I put up some pieces instantly on this. But I want to start things off with 2024. So here's the opponents that BYU will face in 2024 in Big 12 play. You go on the road at Arizona State. You go on the road at Baylor. Also at UCF and rival Utah on the road. Home games, Arizona, Houston, Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Kansas State. You get five home games, that's great, and that was to be expected when you go out of league with SMU shifting into the non-conference. I'll get to that a little bit later as well. But my first thought on this schedule, BYU didn't take page from Texas A&M, did they? You see, Texas A&M, when they got wind that Texas was coming to the SEC, and Texas is going to officially be joining the SEC in 2024, they made it a point of emphasis to Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, okay, you're bringing in Texas, the rival that we didn't want in this league, and that's okay, we're going to move forward with this, but we want that first home game in the league between Texas and Texas A&M in our home place because we're the guys that were with you all throughout the thick and thin of this conference. We believed in it. We haven't tried to rule the roost, things like that. I thought BYU should have taken a similar approach to that to the Big 12. Hey, Big 12, we've dreamed of being in this league. When Bob Bowlesby called us up in 2021, we were jumping for joy. We asked him, hey, is Sunday play an issue? Nope, Tom, it's not. Click, you're in the Big 12 Conference. And everywhere since then, in 2021 to now, Big 12 logos everywhere, BYU has leaned in to elevating and lifting the Big 12 brand. Utah, on the other hand, they were leaning into Pac-12, and rightfully so. They've had success in the Pac-12. They wanted that thing to work. Well, then Oregon and Washington go to the Big 10, and begrudgingly, Utah goes to the Big 12. I just think that BYU should have been more demanding of saying, hey, we know in history that it's always been even years, you go to Salt Lake. Odd years, you come to Provo. Switch it up, though, and say first game in this series in the Big 12 era, it's coming to Provo. Doesn't happen, though. And BYU has to go on the road to face the Utes. Look, you're going to eventually go there, whether it was 2024, 2025, but I just thought there was some significance to me 
behind making that first one in Provo. And it didn't happen. And look, BYU's typically like, hey, let's not ruffle feathers. Let's just make it easy. Let's make it seamless. It was scheduled to be in Salt Lake in 2024. We'll just continue status quo. I don't like that approach personally. I think you would have taken a little more aggressiveness. Look, we haven't heard from Tom Homo since Utah joined the Big 12. He doesn't talk to the media much. And I think it's things like this that you go, why not be a little more aggressive? Like, I know BYU wants to have great relationships in the Big 12 Conference. They want to be liked. They want to be loved. I mean, you see all the efforts that they're putting to having everyone liking them. I mean, BYU TV pregame shows, they're doing features on every single Big 12 team. But you got to be a little aggressive, too. You got to want to plant your flag and be like, we're in this thing. We want to be in the Big 12. We love the Big 12. I just think it was a missed opportunity. You hear Brett Yormark when talking about BYU and Utah and the rivalry significance. It means a lot to the TV partners to have these rivalry games. And how cool would that have been, final week of the season, potentially, we don't know the dates yet, to see BYU and Utah square off in Provo for the first time as Big 12 foes. Didn't happen, though. BYU is going to go to Salt Lake and play Utah up in Salt Lake and try to get their first win up there since 2006. They haven't won in Rice-Eccles since 06 when John Beck connected with Johnny Harleen. It's been a long time. Hasn't been many games played in Salt Lake. you got to go back to 2018, the last time BYU played a game in Salt Lake. It's been a long time. So because 2020 was COVID, 2022 there was no game, and then 2024 – it's back on the schedule now as Big 12 foes. One thing that also stands out, too, with the 2024 schedule, only two carryover games from 2023 to 2024. What I mean by that is they're on the schedule this year, and then the venue just flips in 2024. Those two games are Oklahoma State in Provo. BYU's going to play them this year to end the regular season in Stillwater. And then Kansas comes to Provo next year, first time ever. Those two programs are going to be making trips to Provo. I love the home schedule, too. Houston, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State. That's pretty fun. I mean, sign you, sign you up, right, Cougar fans? I, I think the non-conference schedule, too, addressing some of that as SMU comes onto the non-conference schedule, assuming it'll be September 7th between BYU and the Mustangs, maybe there could be some wiggle room to put that as a Thursday night game, something along those lines. SMU fills a Power 5 scheduling requirement because they're going to go to the ACC, so that's great. But BYU missed an opportunity to get to seven home games. That's the thing that you got the problem with there when it comes to the non-conference schedule is, again, you got to be aggressive. Set Kalani Satake up and the program for success. You get seven home games in Provo, I feel pretty good BYU is going to go to a bowl game. I mean, you see the rocking atmosphere in Provo these days. It is electric. It's dynamite, especially at night. BYU comes alive. That stadium is just rocking. So why run the risk of playing one less home game? Get to that 7-8 home game threshold. That's what the great programs do. Look, it's easier said than done. But I feel like there's got to be an attack to, on those years where you have five conference home games, you have to be in pursuit to go get seven, eight home games on the schedule. 
And look, because you're now at a 12-game or 12-team playoff era where there's still going to be a strength of schedule component for sure because the brands of the Big 12 will always be looked down upon. It'll, they'll never be just granted like, yes, they're one of the great leagues. They still have to go and prove their worth. And I love that about this future iteration of the Big 12 Conference. But still, if you win this league, you're going to be in the playoff. Who cares what it ends up being, your schedule and things like that? I want to see great home games. I would love to see FCS games gone because there's just no value at all to the fans, to anyone really involved. But until programs at the top say, we're no longer playing these games, there's never going to be a ripple effect, and we're always going to see BYU open with Southern Illinois, Utah Tech, Weber State, and so on and so on. But the nice thing about those games is that it gives you a chance to get to seven or eight home games. Missed opportunity with the 2024 schedule. BYU's 2025 Big 12 football opponents at Arizona, at Cincinnati, at Colorado, at Iowa State, at Texas Tech. Home games, Utah, TCU, West Virginia, UCF. Is Coach Prime coaching at Colorado in 2025? We'll see. I hope so. I I feel like, I hope that he stays long-term at Colorado. I would love that. I think everyone's just jumping the gun saying, oh, he's going to leave the first chance he can. But how cool would it be for him to just build that thing up? I think he definitely wants to stay with Travis Hunter, and Travis Hunter's going to be draft eligible after 2024, but it's an interesting thought to see if BYU will ever get a chance to face off against Coach Prime in that 2025 game. Texas Tech, the return of Spitgate potentially in Lubbock in 2025. Cincinnati, BYU's first trip to Nippert since 2016. UCF will be a good series. I'm excited for that one. And then TCU comes to Provo, try to get revenge. That, that's one thing that you're going to notice in the future is you're not going to get just year after year these games. Because in a 16-team league, it's just, it doesn't create annually, year after year after year, this continuity where everyone's just going to get revenge on the mind matchups. It's kind of, it's it's just unique. That's just what it is in college football today. But the schedules are entertaining, I'll tell you that much. 2026, you got Arizona at home. Arizona State at home. Baylor comes to Provo. Iowa State comes to Provo again. Cincinnati comes into Provo. And then road games at Kansas, at TCU, at UCF, and at Utah. A lot of UCF very surprised by seeing the Knights so much for BYU in the future. They've got them three times over the next four years. Same with Arizona State and same with Arizona. But I'm okay with that. I think UCF could be one of those programs that if you want to say who could be a Big 12 rival in the future for BYU, I think it's them. Honestly, I think UCF could be a rival with anyone in this league because Their fans are so loud and vocal on social media, but that's great. They've got great passion for that that program, and I know they've had some struggles this year going winless thus far in the Big 12, but I think there's a lot of potential for a cross-nation rivalry, BYU and UCF, two completely polar opposite fan bases squaring off in those games. And then 2027, at Arizona State, at Houston, at K-State, at Oklahoma State, at West Virginia. K-State's one of those programs. I'm excited to go to Manhattan. I wish that was sooner on on the schedule. I mean, BYU's not going to go to Manhattan until 2027. Goodness gracious. 
Home games, Utah, Colorado, Texas Tech, Kansas. So there you go. That's your Big 12 scheduling matrix. What do you think, Cougar fans? How do you feel about the way the Big 12 put together the scheduling matrix for BYU and the rest of the league? I think it's pretty solid. They protected four rivalry games. One of which is, of course, BYU and Utah. The others, Kansas, Kansas State, Baylor versus TCU, and Arizona versus Arizona State. I read off those protected rivalries in the Big 12. There is no question BYU and Utah is far and away the best rivalry in the Big 12 Conference. It's not even a debate. That is head and shoulders better than anything that the Big 12 has as far as rivalries go. Arizona, Arizona State, yeah, that Territorial Cup game maybe gets a little heated, but I'm sorry. The hatred in BYU-Utah, I don't think the Big 12 fan bases understand what they're signing up for. I mean, you got a little bit of a glimpse of it during the Pat McAfee show last Friday where bleep BYU, you're hearing all of that. I mean, that that's just what it's going to be. And these two programs, they hate each other. At least the fan bases do. I think the players are pretty cordial with one another. But that thing's going to be off the charts intense. Like Baylor TCU had that run during that run and TCU in TCU in 2014 when they were both playoff contenders. Kansas K-State, I mean, yeah, it's an in-state rivalry, but you could argue Farmageddon, K-State, Iowa State's a bigger rivalry than Kansas K-State. And then Arizona, Arizona State, I mean, like I said, Territorial Cup, eh. you know, Black Friday game, sure, but like BYU-Utah's the game. And to me, if I'm the Big 12, I'm putting that in a spot where it's Thanksgiving night. That's where I'm lining it up head-to-head with the Egg Bowl. Egg Bowl typically owns Thanksgiving night in the college football space. I'm putting that thing on Fox. If I'm the Big 12, BYU and Utah. Thanksgiving night, head-to-head with the Egg Bowl that's always on ESPN. ESPN's going to own the SEC. Gives Fox a chance to counter ESPN. BYU and Utah, I'm telling you, it'll deliver big-time results. You want to amplify that storytelling component that Brett Yormark talks about? Amplify the story of BYU-Utah as a rivalry. You put it on Thanksgiving night, network television Fox, follows the Cowboys game as like a doubleheader. There you go. I mean, I'm not a TV executive, but I'm just dreaming this up here. I think that sounds pretty good, and it sounds pretty big time. I think it's going to be quite the series in the 16-team Big 12 era. And this league is going to be a lot of fun, man. This is going to be a competitive top-to-bottom league. You're getting a glimpse of that this year. Everyone just assumed Texas and Oklahoma are going to cruise to Arlington. They're just going to cruise. It's playing out that's not the case necessarily there's some pretty good football teams in the big 12 they just had a lot of duds in the non-conference now they're kind of getting their feet gathered underneath them they're starting to play some good football big 12 football is going to be really good going forward but it's going to have to be a league that also understands strategy understanding how to schedule in the non-conference and maximize the opportunities to put these games in national spotlights to form the narrative year after year because that's the key. Look, you can be a league that goes to the college football playoff every single year. 
And they, they will. The Big 12 will with a 12-team playoff. It's going to happen. But to get the respect, to get the narrative, that's where it helps having ESPN and Fox. And I know that sounds so dumb, but that's how college sports works. The narratives win the day in college sports. They always do. They always do. And that's going to be the challenge going forward for the Big 12 is to rewrite the narrative that they are not just some afterthought league beyond the SEC and Big 10. There's going to be years in this league where top to bottom, 1 to 16, this is the best league in college football because there's no pushover team. I continue to say that this year. If your worst team in a given year in the Big 12 is UCF, it's a pretty good league. If your worst team is Baylor, it's a pretty good league. It's no Big Ten where you got a dud in Northwestern or SEC where you got a dud in Vanderbilt that you know is an automatic win. There's no automatic wins in the Big 12. And that's what makes it entertaining in this conference. I think it's going to be a lot of fun in future years. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Cougar Tracks podcast. I hope all of you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a ton. Getting ready to go out on the road again this weekend, heading out to Morgantown. We'll have extended pregame coverage beginning at high noon from Morgantown, so we'll get you ready for BYU and the Mountaineers this Saturday night at 5 p.m. on KSL News Radio and FS1 on television. So I'll talk to you this weekend. We'll have some interviews in between. We'll catch you next time here on the Cougar Tracks Podcast, and it's powered by kslsports.com.